that got me to this place that I'm now really satisfied with. So it doesn't just all just come together so quickly and perfectly? <laughs> I wish it did. I wish it did. And if it did for someone, please tell me how. Hey, friend, it's David Dubinsky here in Brooklyn. Here at the Portfolio Career Podcast, we help you take ownership of your portfolio career and design the life that you want to live. Today's conversation is with Taylor Elise Morrison. Taylor posted on LinkedIn in the fall of 2022, reintroducing herself and reintroducing her portfolio career. It was really interesting to me. And in this episode, we talk about the post and the details behind it. Now, you also learn about Taylor's new book on self-care, the companies she started, including Inner Workout, skills that can be applied to multiple projects and clients, and so much more. As always, this episode with Timestamp Notes is available on my website at PortfolioCareerPodcast.com. There you can subscribe to my newsletter and sign up for my free podcasting course at PortfolioCareerPodcast.com slash course. So excited for you to build and grow your portfolio career. Here we go, Taylor. I want to talk to you about a LinkedIn post that you recently had um, and kind of breaks down you know, kind of how you're thinking about a portfolio career. And we'll dive into a lot of those kind of details, but uh, I'm just kind of curious, like what was the catalyst for that post? Like why that day or like, what about that moment was like, you know what, I've got to say something. Yeah. I think it's really just that I do a lot of things as is part of having a portfolio career. And I was realizing that I have people who I'm connected to on LinkedIn who see these different aspects of me. And I was like, you know what? It's time. Let's just lay out a post. Here's everything I'm up to right now. Um, I also think for a while I had some shame of like, I should just be doing one thing. And so I wouldn't want to talk about every aspect. Um, but yeah, now I'm I'm leaning into it. I think also too, I got um, diagnosed with ADHD over the summer. And I realized that for me, part of having a portfolio career is like, it's very supportive for my ADHD to be able to have multiple things going on in different stimuli. And so it was also honoring that new part of myself or not new, but a new discovery as being part of myself. Okay. Okay. And so sounds like, uh, were you surprised by any of the feedback from people? Like did, um, yeah, were you surprised at anything? Like sometimes I think when you share like a, a big public post like that, maybe there's like, you know, cool things that happen. Uh, pop up. Like I believe that sometimes people are kind of like one email away from like a new friend or a new client or whatever. And sometimes you do these kind of like bigger, like public posts, like sometimes it can really lead to some cool, like unexpected serendipity or magic. Did anything like that pop up? I mean, being on this podcast is definitely one thing that popped up out of it. I think the biggest thing was like how supportive people were of it. I expected people to, to maybe not say anything, but just how much I got like, oh, that's so cool. Or you are inspiring me to be able to do more than one thing and kind of normalizing it. Um, and yeah, it it has been interesting. I think LinkedIn in general, I hadn't done a ton with. I would just kind of post if there was like an article that came out. After I did that post, I started to lean more into LinkedIn. And then I would get emails for like, oh, a coaching opportunity or a podcast interview or some other connection. So I think coming out as not to use that terminology, but yeah, coming out as someone who has a, a portfolio career did then make people see me in different lights and refer different opportunities to me. Okay, cool. Um, and then I guess like 
you mentioned the ADHD, but it, it seems like you were, you know, interested in this uh, before the call it the diagnosis. Um, mm-hmm. And it seems like, you know, you were interested in kind of diversifying income streams and skills. Is that kind of the main, like, I kind of stumbled into this podcast a little bit accidentally in the sense mm-hmm. of like, I was working at a startup and then I moved to New York. And then after I left that startup, I started like piecing together things and kind of accidentally kind of stumbled into a, a portfolio career. And I really liked it. And, but then people were asking me questions like, Hey, what's going on here? And then I was like, wait, there's like all these other people like, and so then that's how I kind of like started the podcast. Like, do you, would you say you were more kind of intentional about, um, wanting to, you know, have multiple income streams or would you say it was accidental? Um, it's kind of both. So like when I quit my full-time job in September of 2018, I transitioned into a part-time job and then I was growing my own thing on the side. And that was pure necessity. I was like, I want to make sure that we can still pay our mortgage. So let me make sure I have something part-time that can pay the bills. And then anything I do and my own ventures is like gravy. Um, And from that, then I started getting other opportunities like I, I'm, I'm part of Google's mastery faculty, and that's one of the things in my portfolio career. And I hadn't even really known that facilitation was a skill that you could get paid for. I had facilitated in other roles, but I didn't know that was a specific skill. And then from Google came Franklin Covey. And then through my company, Inner Workout, I create and facilitate a lot of things. And so it's, it's honestly one skill set in that example of facilitation that allows me to make income in multiple different ways. Like in Google, I'm teaching other people how to be a facilitator. In Franklin Covey, I'm facilitating to their clients. In Inner Workout, my company, I'm using my facilitation skills to facilitate my own content. So, and that just kind of happened. Like, again, I didn't know it was a monetizable skill, but the opportunity presented itself and I kind of followed it. Now, as we're coming up on a recession, I'm really grateful that I have diversified my income streams. Um, And also for me, so I also worked at a startup. I'm not super keen personally on being getting VC money or getting private equity money. I really like to build things that I can bootstrap. Part of it is just because it's more fun for me to do it that way. And so again, that gets into the necessity of a portfolio career. If I don't want to take other people's money, then I need to make sure that I'm I'm almost my own investor. I'm leveraging money that I'm making in one income stream to help grow other things. Ooh, oh, ooh, okay. So an investor into your own startup kind of thing, like the startup mm-hmm. of your multiple kind of interests and stuff. Um, is there more to that? Um, yeah, I guess I just where to see. And this is another, depending on the situation that I'm in, I used to feel shame about it, but like things like Google and Franklin Covey, those are contract relationships. I can say yes or no at any time. They can say yes or no at any time. And they tend to be anywhere from a couple hours to a full day. It doesn't take a ton of my time, makes a significant amount of revenue. So if I could do that for a portion of days every month, rather than taking someone else's money who are then telling me how I need to grow things. It just gives me a lot more autonomy. Um, And it's not to say that I will never 
take money. Um, I just, I, I, you might say I'm a little bit of a control freak and sometimes that's a good thing. And sometimes that's to my detriment, but yeah, as long as I can afford to bankroll things and everything right now, except for gateway coaching, which is like brand, brand new is making money. Everything's revenue generating. It's just a matter of being able to fund growth on my own, which I like to be able to do that. Yeah. And so, yeah, it sounds like this kind of like, what are the like higher leverage, you know, or higher return things that you can do that maybe don't require a lot of time or kind of activation, I guess. Like it sounds like some of the contract work, it's like, cool, I do this thing. Somebody else wants me to do that thing. I can do that. And mm-hmm. uh, and then that applies to other areas. Facilitation was one of the, I think the five skills that you mentioned um, in this uh, post that we were initially talking about on LinkedIn. Um, how have you thought about, it's, it seems like there's some overlap between some of the other skills as well. Um, or any of the other skills, like particularly like either ones that you are um, like doubling down on or is it just like part of kind of the stuff that you do? Yeah. Um, I think facilitation is the one that comes top of mind because it's really been for like the past two to three years, I've been focused on growing in that skill set and there is a lot of overlap between actually one thing I'll add before I answer your question is the other nice thing about having some streams that include contact contract work or working with a larger organization is you get some of the benefits of being a full-time employee. So like I am delivering a service, the feedback that I get generally is that I'm a good facilitator and also they have these skills for me to become a better facilitator. So instead of me having to go pay for professional development, I have access to that as part of that relationship. So that's like another strategic thing of having that be part of my portfolio. Um, So in terms of skill sets, facilitation and speaking have a lot of overlap for for people who don't know the distinctions. Facilitation is a lot more about holding space I'm doing less of the talking. I'm creating a space where people can come to their own conclusions, can practice, can learn, can exchange ideas. Speaking is a lot more of talking at people. You still want to be engaging. There's some overlaps between those skill sets. Um, I think next year, I have a book coming out next year. And so I expect that that will be next year will be a year where I'm really honing in on my speaking skill set even more. Um the writing. I mean, I spent a a good chunk of the last two years writing a book as well. So I guess that's a skill set. The thing that I'm curious about, I believe one of the five skills that I put was like just around building things. I Mm -hmm. am also embracing that I am a person who likes to build things. I like to, I can be an operator when I need to be, but the most fun and engaging part for me is like solving the problems to get something to a point of stasis. And so I'm excited to lean into that for the next several years. Mm. And so it's like the book is was probably like a building process, right? Like to get it. And then, you know, next year it'll be out in the world and you won't have to like rewrite the book. <laughs> it'll just be that, you know, physical copy um, and probably digital too, but physical copy that is done and then you can like leverage it in other ways. Um, and the book kind of uh, spun out of 
company that you started Innerwork out, right? Yeah, it did. So that's been a whole journey as well. So I started in our workout when I quit my full-time job, I thought I was going to be growing this brand strategy company that I had started before ended up just burning myself out and got really curious about self-care started talking more about self-care publicly and started in our workout as a practice initially that blended movement, breath work, journaling, and meditation We publicly launched like six months before the pandemic. And this thing that I had built to be a very in-person company all of a sudden could not exist in that way. And one of the things I did a few weeks into the pandemic was develop this assessment that measures your well-being across the five dimensions of well-being that I'd already developed for the company. And that ended up becoming the basis of the book. So that's another interesting thing that I think about with a portfolio career is how you can have these touch points, whether they're skill sets like facilitation or writing or pieces of intellectual property, like the take care assessment that then can be leveraged in these ways. Like the take care assessment, I can, I've can i used it for a couple of years at this point as a lead magnet for my newsletter list. Now there's a book coming out that expands on it. I can use it and do use it in one-on-one coaching sessions as a basis. So I think of portfolios, not just in like the things that make me money, but also how can you have a portfolio around a specific, a specific piece of intellectual property as well. Hmm. And so that assessment, just to be clear, it sounds like the assessment, then the you built the portfolio around the assessment to some extent. Yeah. And some of it was serendipitous and some of it was intentional. So, but I mean, that's another thing about portfolio oper- like careers as I'm hearing myself talk. It's like, oh yeah, I saw something about facilitation, realized I had that skill set. All of a sudden that became a huge piece of my portfolio career. Or I decided I've always wanted to make an assessment. The pandemic seems like a way to do it. Next thing you know, I have a book talking about that assessment. So yeah, there's some serendipity and some strategy involved. Mm, I love it. I love it. Yeah. And probably like, it's also like timing too, right? You were saying how like you had, you know, business was going to be focused on in-person, couldn't happen. So therefore, you know, you had to shift a little bit and then, you know, it seems like a little bit of like a, it just turned into to great stuff over time. Like in the moment you're like, oh, this sucks. And then now here we are. So that's pretty amazing. Yeah. It's also for people listening to this, what you said, David, is exactly right. It was like, oh, this sucks. What am I doing? Should I go back to a normal full-time job? And it's so easy to hear me saying this right now and think that it was this very linear journey. And I just want people listening to know that it was not a linear journey. There is a lot of stops and starts and detours that got me to this place that I'm now really satisfied with. So it doesn't just all just come together so quickly and perfectly. <laughs> I wish it did. I wish it did. And if it did for someone, please tell me how. <laughs> I really like this idea around like, like in the past, I've also talked around like kind of a portfolio around like a topic or a mm-hmm. mission or a cause. Um, so some people on the show previously have talked about like, I care about loneliness. And so I have a book on this. I do facilitation on this. And like, that's kind of like the topic or the category or the problem that I'm trying to solve. But conversely, your idea around here is like almost building the portfolio around like a project or, you know, intellectual property and then kind of then seeing 
kind of like, well, what are the distribution outlets of this or what like feels kind of natural? What's interesting to me? What is maybe the market want, et cetera? Um, super fascinating. Yeah. And I, I could see both like for the take care assessment, I had no idea where it was going to go and just tried it. I would say that I do also, I'm really interested in self-care and personal development and making those things more accessible. And so everything I do in my career does in some way tie back to those things. Um, So I think it's both, but this topic of portfolios, I just think is really interesting because so often, at least my experience was kind of it's supposed to be this linear path where you learn this thing and you do this and then you become vice president and then maybe you climb your way up the ladder and you make it to the C-suite like 25 years into your career. And I'm just very curious about the different ways that we can approach our careers and build these projects and ideas and ecosystems around things that we care about. Yes, 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 yes. What do you think is um like knowing what you know now on this part like like it seems like it's been a more kind of unexpected serendipitous revelation but if you knew this earlier is there anything that you would do differently Um I think I'd be a lot more open to letting it unfold like when I started in our workout I wanted a company that could operate without me And so I was thinking a lot about building something that could extend beyond me and didn't just require me to continue because I burned myself out in my last role where I was doing all the strategy and doing everything and feeling very much like I was trading my time for money. Um, And in that kind of vision that I had for inner workout, I think I wasted some time because at the beginning and even now to a certain extent, like I needed to be in it and be the face for a little bit before I could step back. And I think I tried to step back too soon, which then took longer to build trust and build an audience. Um, So I think I would just allow myself to let the process unfold. I love personality assessments and seeing different ways that frameworks talk about me. And what I've seen is that across several things, I'm a person who has to, basically, I have to learn things the hard way. I have to test, I have to experiment, I have to get data and use that data to iterate. And what I wasn't doing until relatively recently is I would just say, this thing is supposed to go this way and just kind of try and muscle to make it work that way. And there was this beautiful opportunity to do it differently that would be off to the other side that I would ignore. And so if I could do it again, I would just be so open. There's this quote that I love. I There's differing um, accounts of who actually said it, but it's be stubborn about your goals and be flexible with your methods. And is I've been saying that for close to seven years at this point, but I've only really been embodying it in the past couple of years. Like know what I want. I know the type of life that I want. I know the values that I want to live into, but that could lead me a lot of places. And if I would have just been open to that, I think I could have gotten further faster and had more fun. Yeah. I love that. It um related to that quote kind of and how your journey in terms of like saying it and thinking it 
versus like embodying. It kind of reminds me about the idea of like sometimes like the best advice, uh, or the advice that we would give our friend is the advice that we should give ourselves almost. <laughs> like um, it's like when someone is just like, well, what are you what are you saying to other people? Because like you might you should probably do that instead of like asking somebody else's opinion. It's like, what would you tell someone else? Because like, that's, that's what you kind of really think. And you have like context to like, in a worldview that makes you think that way. So like, maybe you might want to take that advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say is um kind of your relationship uh, to self-care these days? Yeah, I'm actually, so my podcast now is called inner Warm Up. It's been weekly and I actually am moving it to seasonal because I realized like I am burning myself out with this and it wasn't fun anymore. So in the next season, it's funny, we're almost at a hundred episodes of that podcast and we're just getting into season two, <laughs> almost a hundred episodes in. And it's all about burnout because what happened this year, I in preparing for my book to launch next year, I have been playing around with inner workouts business model. I just launched a company with my friend. I'm in the process of launching gateway coaching. I've just had a lot going on. And that doesn't mention like any of the personal things that have been going on in my life as well, like an ADHD diagnosis. Um, I got burned out and I was really hesitant to admit that to myself because I run this company around self-care and I'm very transparent that I started this company because I'm bad at self-care. Like I am just sharing the things that I need. I'm, but for some reason I was like, I can't be burned out. I know these things I'm trained in mindfulness. I should be above this. Um, so now I'm at this place. October was a real low point for me. And I'm at this place where I'm changing things in my business. I'm changing things in my life to make sure that I have space to fully practice all of the things that I preach. And like, as we're sitting here today, it's been really great. These past couple of weeks, especially have been so spacious and I've like taken three baths this week and I'm reading and I'm playing with my dog and it's been really lovely. Um, but that was not the case a couple months ago. <laughs> and would you say anything like related to a portfolio career and self-care? Like, do you think like if people are, you know, working on multiple things, like, you know, the relationship to self-care is even more important. Yeah. Any thoughts on that? Yeah. The definition that I use for self-care is listening within and responding in the most loving way possible. And so I really think of self-care as a conversation that you're having with yourself rather than an action. And I do think that's really important for people in a portfolio career and when you have so many things going on, it can be harder to hear yourself if you're not intentional about it. So I would definitely encourage people to have some practice of listening to yourself, whether that's journaling, whether that's just sitting in silence for a little bit. But it, yeah, it's so, so important. I also will say that like, I would lean into the flexibility that a portfolio career often can offer. So I was talking about this with one of my coaching clients, but like she's just now fully leaning into the fact that she can set her schedule. Like she can start work later and do her workout in the morning instead of like after work hours 
because she sets her work hours. Or if you want to take a break in the middle of the day, you can. I took a nap earlier today because I needed it. Like those types of things are the benefits of having a portfolio career. And I know from conversation that I'm not the only person who forgets that we're in charge. Sometimes I say like, am I being a good boss to myself? And unfortunately the answer often isn't no, it often is no. Like I would be treated better, especially if you would have talked to me in October, um, in a full-time role than how I was treating myself. So like, don't work yourself in a way that you wouldn't treat an employee. You'd probably treat someone else. I mean, I'm assuming the people who listen to this podcast are kind, kind hearted people, but for me, often I would treat an employee better than I would treat myself. Yeah. Reminds me a lot of this, um, uh, one of the blog posts that Seth Godin has, which is, I think it's titled the world's worst boss. And I think like mm. the second line is that would be you. Um, and it's like, yeah, like if you, if you, I'm going to get it wrong, but it's basically like, if you had the boss that treated the way that you treat yourself, like you would quit. Um, but yeah, I'm going to have to check out that blog post again after this. <laughs> yeah. I haven't read that one. So I'm going to look it up too. Yeah. We'll put it into the show notes. Um, and so you mentioned some of these exciting things that you've got coming up, you know, pivoting the business a little bit or reworking the business and the business model, you know, new book is coming out in, you know, kind of spring 2023. Um, is there anything else that you want to share related to portfolio careers? Um, something that I was just saying, I mean, I really do think portfolio careers over the next year so many more people are going to be leaning into them out of necessity. So I'm excited for you, honestly, that you're having these conversations about portfolio careers, because I think people are going to be a lot more curious to hear what that can look like. Um, The biggest thing that I would say to folks is like lean into the possibility. The way that I approach my portfolio career is what works really well for me and my brain and my values and what's fun. It might look, that might sound like you're a nightmare. And that's fine. Like just lean into the possibilities of what your portfolio career could look like. Um, And in terms of things that I have going on, the biggest thing on my mind right now um, is the book. If you want to pre-order it, that would be great. It is genuinely, I've been getting feedback that it is a book that's really helpful around self-care. Yeah. I'm like, what else is going on? I'm sure there's a million other things going on, but that's what's top of mind for me right now, David. <laughs> Sounds good. And that's uh, it's on Amazon, right? That's where you can pre-order it. Yep. It's on Amazon. Pretty much anywhere you buy books, you can find it and pre-order it. Amazing. And so the book's there, website, social, wh- where should people um, follow up to learn more and stay in touch? Yeah. A great hub, since I do a lot of things, is taylorelease.com. That's E-L-Y, like yo-yo, S-E, um, dot com. And then I'm sure we'll add it to the show notes. You can find me on LinkedIn, Taylor Elise Morrison, um, and then also on Instagram at Taylor Elise Morrison. I don't really post in my feed that much, but I'm on stories relatively frequently. <laughs> Sounds good. Thank you so much, Taylor. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Hey friend, thank you for tuning in to this special episode of Portfolio Career Podcast. would love to hear what you learned and what you enjoyed. Um, you can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, whatever is best for you. And as a reminder, 
I'm just one email away as well. This episode with timestamp notes is available on my website at PortfolioCareerPodcast.com. There you can subscribe to my newsletter called One Email Away, which includes the best insights from the podcast and friend-sourced opportunities. So excited for you to build and grow your portfolio career. Thank you so much.